1: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Blagranes podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by Hardwood Hype himself, Emil Avanesci mm-hmm. And Emil, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Uh, <clears throat> we have a World Cup final this weekend and the, uh, the vaunted third place match, which yep. I, uh, I actually, let's, let's just start with the third place match mm-hmm. and then we'll circle back to the, the semifinals. Uh, who's going to care more? probably morocco right because it further cements their place as like the highest placing african team ever right
0: so i think so I've, I've been thinking about this like back and forth i was having a conversation with someone who wanted to bet on the game tomorrow and we were trying to do the kind of like the the psychological thing cuz there's always in the third place game i feel like there's one at least one of the two teams sometimes both but at least one of the two teams just like straight up doesn't want to be there that's croatia and- right it has to be croatia I mean, I think so, too, because, you know, I'd be shocked if Luka Modric plays at all. I mean, like a lot of their, you know, a handful of their best players are 30 plus and everyone has to go back to their clubs within, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I'm assuming that a lot of their veteran guys are probably going to sit or at most play like a half.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: see anyone
1: on. I, I would place a hefty bet
0: on Morocco. I am I am contemplating doing the same myself, but yeah, because I do think Morocco will is going to care more. Um when also like Croatia made a World Cup final before. Yeah. So even sort of this like kind of lofty, like lofty kind of perch in the World Cup is not entirely new to them. I think Morocco is, I would assume like yeah, it's a bummer to not make the final, but if you can finish third in the World Cup, like, as Morocco, that would be, you know, you get them, like, you get medals, right? Like, they, they yeah. get a bronze medal and, yeah. So, um, I think that.
1: Let's talk about the unless there's
0: my, my only fear is that they kind of, that there's a big emotional letdown, like, just at the end of that. But I still do think they're going to care more.
1: Let's talk about their semifinal first. Um, yeah. I thought, I was actually kind of surprised by how lethargic France looked after their first goal like yeah. they just looked like they took their foot off the gas and <clears throat> Morocco like I don't know I felt they like they played a like almost too urgent too fast like they felt frantic a little bit and they still frantic I guess maybe like maybe that can be viewed as a negative connotation they still almost scored like three or four goals and they just yeah. had incredible clearances from France um yes. they looked like they Again, I mean, for good, I mean, they took out Portugal and Spain. Like, obviously, they're good enough to, like, yeah. this wasn't like a happy to be there. Like, I guess the disappointment on their faces, um, and even the coaches' quote I mean, after they, the match. They played,
0: like, they, yeah, they, they could have won the whole thing. Like, yeah, they easily. went blow for blow with France, you yeah. know. I mean, like, and I understand, you know, Giroud had a close call and whatever, but Morocco had probably as many close calls as France did, and they weren't, you know, Mbappe wasn't blowing by people. Dembele wasn't blowing by people. They, I mean, they, they stood there and they, they traded blows with them. And it was just, it was horribly unlucky that they didn't at least get one goal. And, you know, potentially, I mean, if they get one goal with, you know, 15, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes left, then that last little run-in is just bonkers.
1: Specifically, the thing I'll always remember is the Jules Koundé clearance that was like yeah. the most athletic, like fleet-footed, uh, fleet, I don't even know if fleet-footed is a word, but just like the way he was able to yeah. stick out his left foot was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah, like the reflex was
0: was wild there.
1: Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, I, I'm i having trouble, of, I, I don't know if you saw, so like apparently Varane mm-hmm. Has I think both French center backs actually have this virus that's going around the French team now, and so oh. they're training separately. Uh, <laughs> I would say that's concerning, but they seem to not care about injuries. Like I think the only guy on their team that would actually destroy them if they got hurt was like Griezmann or Mbappe. Um, yeah, probably. Who's been the most impressive French player for you this
0: tournament? I mean, it's Griezmann, right? Yeah. I mean, like he's he's just he, like he's. Everywhere. Like he, he really does do everything.
1: And he's been one of the best, like box to box midfielders in the world.
0: It's kind of weird. Oh, totally. Yeah. And like, he just, so he can just kind of do that, you know? And (laughs) yeah, it's really incredible. And I do think that, I mean, I haven't been watching a ton of Atletico this season. So I, you know, and I realize he, you know, they're playing him just enough to, you know, I guess make a case in court that they don't have to pay Barca for him or something, but um, like it really makes me wonder what uh, you know when he was here in Barcelona. Like, how was there not a need for this guy, or how was there you know like he is he's quite literally tireless, and you know he he runs endlessly. He isn't sort of selfish attitude wise, it doesn't seem like, you know, like he's not trying to be a prima donna. He doesn't, he doesn't want to score all the goals or anything like that. Like he's just like a really, he's unbelievably versatile and yeah, he's been fantastic.
1: I mean, I think we're seeing just like how poorly he was deployed. Yeah. When he was at Barcelona. Um, Like I'm thinking, I'm trying to look up the statistics of like his, um, like interceptions because I feel like he has I, I can't find the statistics on it. But oh, here it is. He he had like two tackles, three clearances against Morocco. He created twice as many chances uh as anyone <clears> else <throat> on France's side against Morocco. Like yeah. he's incredible. And uh just thinking about uh him chasing around Rodrigo de paul and just nipping it as yeah. like a little gnat is gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch <clears> because <throat> he has unlocked a part of this France attack like in 2018. Um, I feel like I mean I'm, I don't even know if statistics back this up Giroud didn't get as many chances in 2018 like his whole like goal like his goal drought or whatever that was yeah. uh, he was given crap for he's getting so many chances and a lot of that's just from the fact that Griezmann's taking a lot of the interchange play in the midfield and doing such a good yep. job, job of distribution and keeping things moving forward and yeah. his friends attack's pretty ridiculous even with like the weird amount of injuries they
0: have what really is and the the funny thing is is for as unbelievably talented as they are, when it's not Griezmann kind of doing that, you know, like you said, pushing it forward and and keeping things t- ticking over. I've occasionally found France's attack for for as spectacular as they are, and for just what an unbelievable threat Mbappe poses at all times, they sometimes feel a little bit like they. I don't know, lazy is not the word, but I feel like they just kind of like pop into cruise control. And because there is so much talent here that you feel like it it effectively would just almost be like a death machine. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a, and I feel like they, they experience lulls, but yeah. it seems like, you know, Griezmann and, you know, outside of like a, a crazy, like Mbappe run, Griezmann, I think is the, the best means they have to to unlock that and kind of get back on track
1: yeah and i don't even think dembele is playing or i, not, I don't think he's playing bad like he had a really good group stage um, yeah i just feel like the way that he's being instructed to play like there's more they could do if uh if yeah. they wanted to like i feel like he's taking a lot of stuff inside versus doing yeah. a lot
0: of take-ons on the outside like he usually does or um, like that. Yeah, I'm really you, like- surprised they haven't been having him do that. I mean, I guess yeah. a little bit of that is a function of I don't know. I guess he's is it meant to be just get inside and like feed Giroud and Mbappe. But I mean, you know, like why wouldn't you want to do it from the outside? I, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's um, he's not playing where I would have expected.
1: So there is uh, there's some interesting scuttle. I'm sure you've seen the uh, the <clears throat> uh, Benzema stuff, right?
0: you know what i actually haven't i've been a little bit sort of you know in a cave working the last like couple of days okay
1: so there's um a couple days i might have been yesterday or the day before benzema basically hit his three weeks and apparently he's for the last four or five days has been training with real madrid um okay separate but still training and because they never took him off the roster he could technically still come back and play and so uh how do you say the French manager's name is it is it Deschamps uh Deschamps Deschamps okay gosh uh, yeah so Deschamps was asked about it and he like said it was kind of a stupid question i think was a translation um yeah and then uh you know reputable news source the daily mail uh oh great th- there's an article that apparently benzema is pretty mad uh with the boss because uh his treatment was uh not that bad, it needed quote, three days of treatment, and so uh, apparently, he's just like mad with the French overlords. I don't know why, like, I guess Macron apparently got involved yesterday wanting uh Benzema to be included in the squad, so it's just great, uh, for the theater and the theatrics. And oh all my gosh, I think it'd be hilarious if they brought him and he just had to sit <clears> on the bench the whole time because clearly, like, I I don't even know why it's a story because I guess I'm, I'm talking about it, so I'm, I'm perpetuating the need for it to be a story. Sure, uh, but even if he trained for four days, you're not just going to throw him in a World Cup final, are you? Or is he Benzema? In the and you final, just would no?
0: I mean, look, I understand it's you know it's Benzema. He's a yeah, you know, like he's a veteran. He's won you know basically everything there is to win. I guess like you know at club level. Like, I mean, but like you know, what about he's... extra time? Yeah, <sighs> I mean. I don't, it's not even like a, a stamina or a, like a fatigue thing or anything. Um, because look, he's going to go back to Real Madrid. He's going to play and like, you know, whatever. He'll be great. But like, I guess my, my biggest concern would be, I don't know how much, first of all, I, I don't think of this France team as like sort of one sort of happy, cohesive unit necessarily. I mean, they all seem to like each other enough, but, you know, I don't know that there would be a huge kind of uh, chemistry screw up if you threw them in. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're someone else who's kind of been there the whole time and you've played a role in reaching the World Cup final and Benzema just rolls up, I feel like my thought would just be like, Dude, I'm really sorry, but like we got this, like we yeah. we, we we did this. already. Well, I'm reading more reports that back.
1: apparently, like, so he was given a green light uh, by France and by Real Madrid, I guess. And apparently, Mundo or Releville is now reporting that he said no, that he turned it down uh, because of uh, some of the French uh, <laughs> group, their lack of enthusiasm about a potential reunion. Yeah, like of course. I don't know.
0: I guess I'm kind of sorry for he, even bringing like, it up because it's kind of a silly story. He just got invited back to the national team after, like, you know, whatever, allegedly, like, taking part in a blackmail plot against an international teammate. So, I'm like, you know, I, I understand where people might not be completely enthralled with him all the time. You <laughs> know, um, I don't know. Like, I... I it had been a minute since we'd gotten a nice little bit of like French national team drama.
1: Oh, it's good stuff.
0: That, yeah, I mean, we haven't had like a mutiny or anybody just like leaving to go home because they're mad or, you know, anything like that. So, I mean, it's nice. It's nice. Events I mean, the best case scenario the for the drama
1: here is Giroux gets this illness that everyone else had. Yeah, I never wish illness on anyone, so maybe not. Illness. No. Uh Maybe he gets just like a, a nice cold, you know, cardiovascular yeah. system. He, he doesn't feel like he can play. And then they have to fly Benzema
0: and he's limping around. And it's just, it's funny stuff. Um, oh God. I well, mean, <laughs> when like they have so much talent already, like you don't need to, I understand Benzema is great and whatever, but like they have enough already where you don't need to just parachute in a whole other person who hasn't been there all along.
1: Don't bring logic to this conversation. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Argentina. Yeah. I was equally impressed with Argentina as I was disappointed with Croatia. It just looked like they just ran out of gas, like uh, Brozovic yeah. had to come off early. Like They just didn't look mm. maybe like all the, the smoking and beers caught up with them, uh, but they just <laughs> didn't look like the same Croatia team.
0: I mean, I do think, yeah, it looked like they just... Well, I thought they came out flat. I, I can't really remember any meaningful period of pressure that they had, or I'm struggling to think of any, you know, really sort of golden scoring opportunities or anything like that. I don't know. that I don't think they were necessarily kind of, you know, playing for a, a nil-nil or anything like that, but I think they thought that they could keep the game tight and maybe frustrate Argentina and, you know, I think the my guess is the plan was to grow into the game a little bit more.
1: And they kind of and, did that. I mean
0: they had sixty
1: percent of the possession. Um, they just didn't do
0: anything with it. Well that's the thing. I don't know if I I don't know if I really recall at any point. I mean, I think there was like maybe one one time. They had two technical already... shots
1: on target, but I can't remember any like the, rocket Morocco, like... Morocco level chances.
0: No, I mean I think there was one. Half decent one, but it was already like 3 0 in second half stoppage time or something. So I think the, I, th- I my guess is without knowing anything, that the plan might have been to try to grow into the game, maybe stifle Argentina and frustrate them a little bit, and then slowly kind of wrestle away control. And, you know, Argentina scored early, and I don't, it just Croatia didn't have, they didn't have that gear, they didn't have a counter punch
1: yeah um what i have my answer i think the i think the dutch assist for messi was more impressive but just talk about uh his assist to alvarez uh for the third goal which was like an acknowledgement that he was getting older by not just like trying to mbappe him and fly past him but just yeah. like it was almost like the old man at the at the basketball court, like yeah. he backed him down, and then just like threw like a. I think I heard someone say um, it, it was like it was kind of like a an Elijah dream shake when he got him in. The oh, post. a little bit, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: because he like he didn't fully wrong foot him, but I think he kind of yeah got him off of his toes just enough where he could get that shoulder past him. Uh, yeah, it was great because. Yeah, you could see, you know, you kind of found that open space, and where I was watching, I was watching with a bunch of people, and uh, you know, the excitement goes up when it's messy, and he got into the box, and then you, yeah, you kind of think it's been maybe snuffed out a little bit because, yeah, he doesn't have that same just unbelievable lightning, yeah, quickness and I mean, that he. he like, but did all, like did a good a job on like it. He,
1: he kept him, he like kept him at bay, and he kept him on like the right, like the right side of the goal. Uh, yeah. Messi just made like a really good pass and he had no help from the inside for anyone covering Alvarez. And it was just, that was it. Like the only thing he yeah, could have done that, was foul it, him at the halfway line, but like you don't do that.
0: Yeah. Or even you, or, you know, yeah. Like tackle him, just take him out like yeah. just right outside the box or something. But yeah, because I think, yeah, he did a great job of, it was almost like, uh, this is gonna be a weird kind of analogy, but it's like a, like an older pitcher when they, don't have the same velocity, but you sort of, you still change speeds with what you got and hopefully you get someone on, you know, a little bit off balance. And I think that's what Messi did for that little to, you know, to set the stage for his, that last move to the, to the end line. And I think it's too, it's just so ingrained in every opposing manager and every opposing players brains at this point that, like, you pay attention to Messi. You have to know where Lionel Messi is at all times. That, you know, not that necessarily he drew a crowd of five guys, but I do think the guys who, you know, could have been cluttering up the box a little bit more and maybe intercepting that pass were hyper-aware of Messi's whereabouts. And just for a split second, you know, lost track of Alvarez. And, I mean, the the pass was just, it was perfect. Like, it was just, he he... Placed it on a platter for him. You know, I mean, it was just, it was great. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh
1: lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another
0: stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Uh, before we move on to the final, uh, I haven't talked to you since uh, Luis Enrique left the Spanish national team, since Spain kind of yeah. fluttered out of the tournaments on a continually uh, downward spiral after they had a great <laughs> opening match, the complete opposite of Argentina. Um, yeah. Why, or not why, but just like when, I, when you're going to think of Spain at this World Cup, what will you think of? Because I feel like it's the same thing that we thought of them at the Euros last year. It's just missed opportunities.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, it's funny. It's hard to, in a weird way, I'm still. I still think about that first Costa Rica game, and I'm like, there's a weird part of me that's like, that still almost feels like Spain's still in it because that first performance was so good. I'm like, no, 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 they're gonna get it together. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, it was just such a drop off. And look, they they didn't take their chances. I mean, and look, the the Morocco game, they. Like uh, my wife was asking me, you know, because especially like, you know, my wife's not, she doesn't know the the Moroccan players and, you know, because most of those guys play in Europe, like they're, they're good players. They play on on big clubs, you know? And she was asking me, she's like, why, like, why is Spain not winning? Why is this so difficult for them? And I was like, okay, look, on on the one hand, these other guys are really good too. Like, yeah. they, you know, they, they get paid a lot of money too, but you know, I, they're, there is a certain, I don't know, it's not even a lack of aggression. I don't, I think there's so much, such a rejection of super direct play on the part of, you know, Spanish fans, observers and, and coaches that like when it, when someone's not firing or they're not firing and they're not unable to unlock, unlock a, a defense, they are always susceptible to the kind of the, the possession for possession sake thing.
1: And for the life of me, I don't understand. I love Luis Enrique. I do not understand yeah. the front three of this team. I don't understand why. It was it was
0: Elmo, uh,
1: It was yeah, it was almost Asensio and Torres. And yeah. I would have taken the three guys on the bench. I would have taken Fatih, Morata, and Nico Williams over the three yeah. of them any day of the week. And I, I, I just don't understand why he continue especially... After you saw a couple... Especially my- Asensio. Asensio, I
0: really don't get.
1: Like, Murata had a good tournament. And Nika yeah. Williams yeah. at least provided some pace. And then freaking Ansu Fati, like, might be the best player that was on this roster that we just didn't get to see. And, no. I, and- I, I I just don't understand, especially after, like, you saw how stagnant they were in the last two group stage matches, like, why a change wasn't made. And it just boggles yeah. me. It just boggles my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, mine as well. I mean, I think... After the after that first match, and I realized just what a you know, it's obvious now. Costa oh, Rica loved out- giving up goals in this tournament. The, yeah, yeah, and they, and the thing is, we just from a Spanish from a Spanish perspective. When something like that happens in the first match, I guess we sort of you start to figure. You're like, okay, they were firing on all cylinders. That was a 10 out of 10 performance. Fine. So you know. We should at least expect them to create, you know, three or four really good chances every game. And for the amount of talent on the on the roster, particularly in the group stages, particularly, you know, before you get to these latter stages, I don't think that's a crazy expectation to have. And I don't know, there just wasn't, like, I thought Ferran Torres was in line for a fantastic tournament after that first game. Um, and... I mean, the. It's not that he played terribly, but I was just disappointed by the fact that he didn't sort of kick on because I really did think he was in, he was in line for a great tournament. The continued insistence on not playing on Sufati, whether it's at club level, or, or you know, international level, it it just it astounds me. I mean, like I keep saying, I'm like, look, I know. Like I, I love Ansufati. Like I know he's our beautiful boy and we don't want him to get hurt and everything else, but like, he's got to play at some point. He needs to play more than like 15 minutes when you're already up like three nil against Elche or something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I would have, you know, there was the week, uh, what was I was in October, I believe um, where Barca had, it was a Champions League match against Inter and El Clasico in the same week. Uh, Ansu's been healthy. He's been available all year, and I understand the team's gone nuts. They've got a glut of
1: you don't have to make excuses for them.
0: I was going to say I would have started Ansu Fati both of those games, and just like almost put it on him. Just be like, dude, this is your moment. Like, if you if you can spearhead some stuff here, you know, like lead us through the group stage of the Champions League, or you know, help do that just put in a strong classical performance. it could be the really good like Ansu's back, you know, just the the young core is, you know, like I think it would have been a huge, huge pick pick me up for morale. And you know, then you hear people talking about, oh, you know he's inconsistent in his play and whatever. And well, what do you expect? he gets twenty to twenty five minutes at the end of a game. I don't know that he he's not a super sub. like that's not his deal. I think like you have to let him play. You have to get him, let him get a feel for the game, and you know, let him work his way into the game. I don't want to talk about Spain anymore. He just made me sad. Um, yeah, it, it bums me out.
1: Before we get to the Argentina France final, I do have one yeah. piece of news. Did you see the uh, the Super League news that came out sure. yesterday?
0: No, i I've been in the dark, so this is great. You're just kind of like uh, listen, It's I'm, like I woke up from it's like I woke <laughs> up from a coma and you're just like um, oh, So out? the <laughs>
1: European Court of Justice backed and again I am as anti-UEFA FIFA as anyone else, but I am more pro them than the Super League. Um so they backed Same. UEFA <clears throat> and the initial ruling over the Super League. Of course, our club Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Juventus are still kind of they're acting as the European Super League company, I think is the way that it's defined. Um, That's and awesome, they've been basically yeah. battling in court as I've come to understand it, to prove that some of the other governing bodies in football are acting as like a cartel, uh, to block the formation of the league from creating any new competitions. Uh, these clubs argue that in threatening sporting sanctions for players who participate in the super league, you know, of course being banned from the world cup, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good news. Uh, the courts have struck their, their case down so far. Um, you know. This all means eventually we're still going to get it. I mean, I don't know if anyone denies that it's eventually going to happen. But
0: for now, it's gonna be some some iteration of it. But
1: yeah, for now we can rest. Um, let's talk about fun things. The finals this weekend. Um, I think if you had asked me when we kind of got to the knockout stages, I, the final that I personally wanted uh, was Brazil against France. This was okay. second, but as I grew into it, and as I saw Brazil just absolutely crap the bed, I of course you know mm-hmm. Argentina's. I think I think safe to say they've looked better every match they've played since the Saudi Arabia loss. Mm-hmm. Like they've continually escalated. The they've flow. done that,
0: like the thing they say, like you know the growing into a tournament yeah. thing. I and, mean, they started with an absolute catastrophe, and and you know, but they've sort of just been yeah. I think you're right. I think they've been a little bit better every week. And so every, this every is, match.
1: I think, this is the perfect final. Like I, I couldn't have asked anything better than to see the defending champions who still look great even though through all these injuries and illnesses against Messi's quest for destiny um yeah and I don't think there's anything else I could have asked for is this the is this the perfect
0: storybook final I mean I yeah I I think so because I mean it is France is probably objectively speaking just the the best team top to bottom depth all the positions everything I still think Brazil's the most talented team
1: You know, we 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 don't have to get into it if you don't want to. But like, just like, like if we're you're talking the most probably, talented team, I still think Brazil was the most talented. They just tripped over themselves.
0: They did. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, because there was a point where uh, who did they beat? I think it was um, when Neymar scored. So I mean, definitely when they hammered uh, it was Japan, right? Like mm-hmm. when they when they hammered Japan, I was like, oh, oh, it's South like, Korea, I think. South Korea yeah, yeah, yeah so i was like oh god like they like there's no there's no way out you know like yeah. just they're these guys are going to steamroll they're going to they're going to beat france like cuz also their defense looked so impenetrable too yeah so like, they have, just like, need to
1: score the, one the, like the third best goalkeeper in the world just like sitting on the bench
0: yeah and, and like and, i mean like they Mark weren't Gingos just a team full and... of attackers
1: they had the midfield they had the defense and they just yeah. like they just kept attacking after mm. taking a lead in the 117th minute and
0: opened themselves up, which was just insane. I think they still, like, I think they've still, it's some insane number. They still haven't allowed multiple goals in a match. Like, you know, regulation, I mean, I guess even in 120 minutes against Croatia, like, their defense is somehow more effective than their attack is. And their attack is Crazy. Um, anyway, so, I didn't mean to
1: get up on this Brazil change. No, no, no. But I so, just,
0: so I, I mean, basically, I, I mean, I do agree. I mean, whatever order you put them in, you know, France and Brazil, I think were the two sort of closest things we had to, to juggernauts. So, I think, and with France too, I think they don't carry, they won the last one. So, I don't think they're carrying this kind of emotional anchor that Brazil, like every Brazilian team will carry at the World Cup until they break through and win another one. Because, I mean, I do feel like, you know, I feel like there's so much of it... This hits, like, Argentina and Brazil particularly hard, I think. Like, there's just... On top of the normal sporting pressure and desire to win and everything, there are these kind of, like, ghosts that they're chasing that, you know, it's like you're you're not just playing against Croatia. You're playing against, you know, like, the the enduring memory of Pele, too, you know? And, like... So it's, so I feel like it's, it's unbelievable that, and, you know, cause like Messi has been essentially, you know, like, cool you did all this stuff, like be Maradona too, you know? And like, just, there's no, there's no escaping this stuff for them. So I do think France was better in that way. They're playing more emotionally free. Like they, this group has won a world cup, you know, like they're, yeah. they don't have kind of like uh, historical failures or any, you know, historical pressure, like, weighing them down. So France was probably the best. Uh, if there had been a way um, in the group stages to put Argentina and Brazil on a crash course, that would have been my, well, they had my dream. That's the problem.
1: Brazil screwed it up. It was the semifinal. Well, no, I mean, it would have been the semifinal. Yeah. yeah. And I'm
0: like, I would love to have seen a Brazil, Argentina world cup final. I mean, the world would have just oh, melted, oh, but I mean, but based on the, based on the opportunities, like, you know, the, the permutations that we had, yeah, I think Yeah, I mean I think it's better than Yeah, having France is probably it's better than having England. And I, I mean honestly nothing against England. I thought they played really well. I thought well, England but.
1: I thought England were the better team. They just didn't they, oh I, I thought so too.
0: No, they were. I mean to my eye they they were honestly England and Brazil
1: might be the two most talented teams in the world, just top to bottom. I mean the players that England and Brazil just didn't even play well, they're so deep. Were
0: ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the depth on England is incredible. Okay, let's just get to it.
1: Who do you like on Sunday? Because I can't decide. And if you can't decide that's fine, too. I could see three one either way. I could see zero zero either way. I have literally no idea, which is awesome,
0: yeah. Um, so i I want Argentina. yeah you know? like I'm you know, like and I mean, I can tell you with very, very few exceptions, uh, like the city of Barcelona is like we are waiting to claim this World Cup title as like, the the World Cup of Barça. Yeah. Like we're we're totally taking it. But um it, I want Argentina to win. I want I mean, I would love, I mean, just something bonkers, like you know, Messi scores a bad trick or something just completely asinine. But um I'm gonna say it goes oh. I don't know, I can't shake the feeling that the France is you know, just they gonna, feel inevitable. They, they they're gonna find the gear um and like argentina has i mean their defense has been good but like they have a mistake in them you know what i mean yeah. like they're well, they they haven't like played that.
1: anyone even close to the and there aren't many teams close to the caliber of france but like they haven't had if you look at who they've played in the world cup so far they haven't played anyone like they've played the dutch and a like a beleaguered croatia team
0: yeah That's i mean the, the dutch was the the Dutch were probably the best test that they got. I mean, yeah. I guess other than like losing, you know, but um so I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's it's basically like you're you're betting on you're betting on messy magic, you know. I mean, I think because like cause when you start and look, I mean, people have made a lot of money doing that. So um, but yeah, because when you run down the lineups, and I know it's not only messy, this isn't, you know. We don't need to. We don't need to kind of dismiss the rest of the Argentina team, but yeah, you know, like man for man, it's really difficult to find anywhere that Argentina is better than France, other than sort of the messy thing. And even then, it's like okay, it's almost like Messi versus what Mbappe or yeah.
1: And the 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 thing I can't get out of my head that makes me think France is going to win is mm. when I saw Mbappe do the take on in the box, yeah, and it, the ball got deflected for the second goal but mm-hmm. when I saw him like slow down and they were so petrified that he was going to go by them and he just dribbled through everybody. I was yeah. just like, Oh, okay. So he's just doing that kind of stuff now. And I was just, I don't know. I can't get that out of my head. Um, let's wrap it up. What are you working on? Yeah.
0: So I actually just, um, uh, I just finished the piece. So, um, uh, I guess not last week, two weeks ago, I suppose, uh, Amazon released here in Spain and Portugal and then, uh, I guess all of Latin America, so they said the Ibero Iberio Ibero-American country. So I guess like all of Latin America except from Mexico and Brazil, and then here and but I'm guessing it'll come to the US soon. But it's a three-part documentary on Alexia Puteas of Barça Femini. And it basically goes from the first like record-breaking attendance game at Camp Now to almost like the present day, but so. Um, what's fascinating about it is I think when when the project was conceived, understandably, they were like, okay, there's going to be these Cup now games. They're going to be glorious. And they were. And then it's like, you know, we'll document the second Champions League win and probably a second treble. And then they're going to go to the Euros. And then, But what happened is they lost the Champions League final. And then she blew out her knee before the Euros. And the whole thing was so... I mean, it's not the documentary I wanted to see because like, I would have rather they won. But it was really cool. And like, she's very um, sort of introspective, very vulnerable, very honest. Like it's in a way that like, it's where it's a diametric opposite of the like Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar and Kareem Benzema documentaries. Um, it was just so much of like, she literally, she talks self-doubt. She, you know, you see her not liking being world famous now, you know, like, just, I want to be a player. I want to be an athlete. Like that's kind of my, that's my deal. It's it's a fascinating one. So actually, I just wrote uh, something about that for Defector. And um, I submitted that yesterday. It's not it's not up yet, but uh I'm guessing presumably early next week. Um, I will keep you posted when that does go up. But yeah, I essentially kind of delved into that. Uh, it's part summary, part, uh, you know, I don't want to say careless, but, you know, <laughs> A lot of speculation on my part a lot of reading of like sort of body language and, and projecting yep. my my thoughts but all in all i thought the the doc is great and uh hopefully when the piece comes out people like that too
1: that's awesome all right well yeah. as always it's been a pleasure meal so enjoy the final this weekend and we will talk again soon
0: pleasure to mine man yeah uh you enjoy it as well and uh, talk soon